live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, uh, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am here, Jade Warshaw, joined next to Dr. John Deloney, and I hold in my hand a copy of your new book, John. (laughs) Release day! Release day! Uh, Building a Non-Anxious Life, and I must say, the cover... Is quite flattering. This guy's pretty handsome. Dr. I'm not gonna John. lie. Not gonna lie. Who is that? Dave uh, requires that we have our faces on our books, and um, those those uh, digital editors back there can do a number on a, on an ugly on an ugly face and an Stop. ugly picture. Man, they're pretty amazing. <laughs> no, dude, this looks great. You just look directly at it. It's wonderful. Um, building a non anxious life. You had all this pre sale hoopla, but today all that's over, it's and out today into the world. is D Day. That's it. And now you just hang on and um, hope it connects like you like you like you hoped it would. Oh, it will. I have no I have no worries about that, John. It's awesome. Man. Uh, your writing is spectacular, and I'm excited about it. Uh, happy to know you, if I'm honest. About I'm happy that. to know you and Sam too, man. Ah, <sighs> well, let's take some calls. The number is triple eight eight two five five two two five. We'll go directly to the phone lines. We got Christy in Sarasota, Florida. What's going on, Christy? I'm so excited to talk to you guys. We're excited um, to talk to you. I just have to say, <laughs> I just have to say, you guys are my favorite duo. Don't tell anybody. Right? We're going to tell everyone, especially Kim. <laughs> I'm so no, excited, I and I just can't hide it. Awesome. All right, so go for it. What's up? So, okay, I'm wondering if I should, which I think I know the answer, but I'm wondering if I should go into debt to prioritize my health. So I'm not dying. I just got a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome, and that has the potential to affect my fertility. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to have kids yet. I'm just trying to be proactive so that once I do try to have kids, I don't have any issues when I knew there was a problem I could have prevented. So the um, treatment that I want to do is $3,900 paid in full. And I checked before I was like, I see you use a firm. Is there interest? And they were like, no, but it's a $600 payment that you have to make to qualify for zero interest. Um, and so I have only $17,800 in debt, student loan debt. That's it. Um, and then of course our house, we did the whole thing. We sold the cars, we sold the guns. We had a garage sale. Like my husband and I went really, really hard uh-huh. um, to get some of that taken care of. Um, and so we're committed and I'm, I ask myself all the time because I don't get to call you guys every day. What would, what would the, the Ramsey personality say to me? Yeah. And uh, my thought is that, okay, I'm not dying. Prioritize your health in the ways that you can. And kids are, kids are important step. to you. Like, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, look, Okay, so you've got the seventeen. You got almost eighteen thousand dollars in student loan debt. Do you have other debt mm-hmm. laying around? No. None. Okay. What do you guys earn? What's your combined income? For so a combined income, we do we do own a house and we only have a thousand dollar emergency fund. That was a mistake, but whatever. <laughs> um, well, you're walking through the baby we, steps, so I get it. Okay. Right. We earn. So I earn forty seven. My husband earns sixty eight. So. Next, okay. we take home. We take home about like seven thousand a month, which is awesome. Okay. And then we have two eighteen-year-old um, girls that we're kind of mentoring and helping, um, living with us. So um, Elizabeth, who has kind of like become like almost like a surrogate daughter, mm-hmm. is 
paying 400 and then the other Elizabeth is paying 900 a month. So they so, pay I you mean, 400 900 Okay. Yeah, so we're taking home almost uh, $8,300 a month. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so here's what I would do simply, and you tell me, I'm going to tell you what I think the solution is, and you tell me why you think it won't work or why you think it will work. Okay. Um, I would pause the debt snowball, and I would save okay. up for this procedure, and right. I'd pay cash for it. Right now? Yeah, today, this okay. month. Okay. Because this is not just about kids. This is a complicated thing. And you know, I'm sure you went down the Google rabbit hole. No, I didn't. You did it? Good for I, you. Wow. I, mean, I did some research. I was like, okay, because when I got the diagnosis, I was like, are they sure? Like, I was like, did they yeah. get, because I had no symptoms. I was so confused. I don't have um, painful cycles. Like I, I'm a very healthy person. Uh-huh. And so I was like, Really? Um, and so I did some research and then I just went to my doctor and I was like, what the heck's going on? She kind of shut me down. And that's why I, why I want to go like the naturopathic route. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't feel respected. Well, I, I would, I would get a second medical opinion before I did that. Okay. okay. So I'm, t- I'm talking okay. to you like I would talk to my sister. You do whatever you want to do. Okay. Um, if yep. you're my sister and you called me and said, Hey, my doctor won't listen to me. Shut me down. Mm-hmm. I would say, cool. They've cashed out. Um, not that your doctor isn't right and you're wrong. I think we have a culture now that goes to YouTube first and then challenges somebody with, with a medical degree. And we're like, you're st-. like, mm-hmm. I, I have buddies that are physicians and they're dealing with this all the time. But I also know right. there is a shutdown. You're stupid and I'm not. And I'm not having that yeah. either. Right. So I would make an appointment and get a second opinion. Okay. Um, this is a, a procedure that often when they go looking it might not be nearly as bad as the um, as the um, MRIs would suggest, or it can be infinitely more complicated. And so, okay. I think saving up for that procedure, like Jade said, just pause the baby. This is your health, and this mm-hmm. is kids is one part of this, but this is systemic, man. And you, this is about you being healthy in a bunch of bunch of ways, not just having kids one day. So, I'd go right. get that checked out. How does this? Hit, how well, does this hit you? you I Sorry. How does it, how's what John and I saying? Is it hitting right? Do you feel like, yes? Yeah. So it's not, it's not a procedure. It's just, it's me. It's really hormone testing and then deciding how I'm going to be eating differently based on that hormone testing. I would do a lot of research before you go down that road. Okay. And I am, dude, I, (laughs) I have sat in arguments with my medical doctor researcher buddies and we've gone round and round and round and round and there is a okay. lot and it pains me to say this because this was my entire identity there's a lot of snake mm-hmm. oil out there there's a lot of right stuff okay. and hormone testing is critically important but okay um sometimes a medical doctor is wrong and sometimes a medical doctor will shut you down because they hear it 5,000 times a day because people Google yeah. too much stuff, mm-hmm. right? That's where a second yeah. opinion is going to be super important. And being honest with your physician and saying, here's what I'm thinking about doing. And please don't shut me down, but I'm scared about this other this other path um, and go that route. But $3,900 okay. for some specialized essential oil testing is is messy and i know i just made everybody mad sorry james the mean comments are going to come um hormone testing is important yeah it's it's good but man 
look, I and, and just for anybody listening, if you want to have a baby, you can pause the baby steps, right. whether it's fertility treatments, whether it's adoption and you've got to save up. It's okay. You don't have to be debt free before you have a family. And I just want to say that loud and clear. Some people, it's their personal choice if they want to hold off on a family and pay off their debt first. But hear me loud and clear. That's personal choice. We are never going to shake our finger at you for pausing paying off debt to have a baby. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. This is The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshaw. He is John Deloney. We're taking your calls all afternoon. Uh, 888-825-5225 is the number. John, uh, Ken Coleman and I were in D.C. yesterday and two days prior to as well, getting a feel for how everyone was feeling about student loans coming back online. October 1st was uh, D-Day. Dave was calling it Sunday, bloody Sunday, which I thought was funny. But uh, the whole idea is student loan payments were restarting with interest. And so we went to see how folks were feeling about that. And um, it's interesting, you know, there's been so many different narratives going around. Well, maybe the government will come, you know, forgive them. Maybe that'll be the way out. Maybe some legislation will be passed and there'll be caps put in place. Uh, Maybe they should stop making the loans altogether. And so there's a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of uh, different opinions about this, but Yahoo Finance published an article that said the U.S. government's biggest financial asset, John, is student loan debt. I'm going to say that again. The U.S. government's biggest financial asset is student loan debt, and I mean big time, like over $1.1 trillion. It says the value of federally backed student loans held by the government has risen by more than a thousand percent since the last recession and now tops at 1.1 trillion and if you're watching on youtube you can look at this graph here student loans make up 45 percent 45 percent it says we hear a lot about government debt but what we don't hear about are government assets and so we're looking at this and the federal reserves financial account data found that the student loans make up the largest financial asset held by the federal government by a huge margin so i say all that to say if we're waiting around for the government to do something in the way of maybe not making loans, maybe forgiving your loans, anything that's going to cause this to not be an asset, I think that we're going to be waiting until the cows come home is basically what I'm saying. Hell's basically going to have to freeze over before that takes place. And then, and I'm saying that because here's, I, I want to light a fear under people's butt right now, I, a fire and a fear to go, hey, I can't just 
be willy-nilly about this. Like, I can't lollygag with my student loans any longer. I've got to come up with a plan to pay them off because... Hold on a second. Before, before we transition to that, I want to make sure everybody knows what you just said. Because you used a fancy finance word called asset, and I may not have known what that was. Yes. What we're saying is, or what, what that report is saying is, the U.S. government's emergency fund is your student loan payment. Yeah. The U.S. government, what was it, 40% was... 45%. Put that against, um, throw that throw that graph back up there. Yeah. Against how much cash it has. Yeah, this is, so to put in to put in perspective, total mortgages, uh-huh. like when you have a mortgage through the federal government, 4.6%. If we have, the currency, checkable deposits and currency, 11.1%. So cash. Yeah. Other loans and advances. So miscellaneous loans and advances, 7.7%. And the government will make loans to other countries uh-huh. to help them out with, you know, food shortages, things like that. Yep. But taxes, 45%. Taxes. Taxes receivable, 16.4%. Student loans, 45%. Woo! So what we're saying is almost 50% of the business of the U.S. government, the cash that runs the machine that is your roads, that is your FBI, that mm-hmm. is your government, Mm-hmm that pays the salaries of your congressmen and women mm-hmm. is student loan repayment. Yeah. It will not go away because it's the half of the economic if, engine. If that goes away, or it's not half the ec- economic engine, it's half the assets. Yeah, that's a mess. That's that a mess. a scary, scary place to be. So I say that to set the stage for this idea if you're waiting for these to go away, they're not going anywhere. And not only are they not going anywhere, but if you don't pay the piper... You're on the hook for some serious uh, business here. We actually at Ramsey Solutions, we put out articles all the time about uh, topics that are important to you guys. Um, And we recently put out a a topic that said, what happens if you don't pay your student loans? Because I know I'm getting up in folks grill right now, but I know there's a lot of you who have just decided I'm not going to pay it. That's okay. I'm just not going to pay it. And let me tell you why that's a terrible idea. Number one, we just said, because they're going to keep making them. And number two, it says uh, federal student loans owned by the U.S. Department of Education and federal loan servicers have the power. They have the full power of the government behind them to get this money from you. Of course they do. And they're not going to sleep on that because we need the money, as we've just explained. So if you decide that you're not going to pay your loans, let's walk through a couple of the things that can happen to your butt. Number one, if your loans, be, your loan will become delinquent immediately after you miss a payment. So if you mess around in October and you're like, you know what? I'm not ready. I'm just not going to pay it. Uh, you'll be delinquent and you can, you will be charged a late fee up to 6% of the monthly payment. That's crazy. So add that to the interest late fees. Terrible. Next thing it says, uh, your loan service will then report your student loan as delinquent. And if that goes on for more than 90 days, of course, they're going to report it to Experian, uh, Equifax, TransUnion. That's your credit report. So now it's going to start to tank your credit score. If you keep letting it go on past that, it goes into default. Um, And this usually happens after uh, about nine months of missed payments. So you're totally in default. Okay. And once your loan gets into default. So once you've gone about nine months without paying your loan, here's what will happen. Your entire amount, your so let's say you owe $80,000, the entire amount becomes due. That's called loan acceleration and it's a very real thing and it's a very scary thing. So if you think that you're gonna mess around and just willy-nilly like, ah, I'm not gonna pay it, they, they can't make me, you're getting into some really serious water here. If that happens, at this point, 
you're in default and it's reported again to the credit agencies. But if, even if you wanted to apply for deferment, forbearance, you can't at that point. You've already proven you can't be trusted. You're no longer eligible for any of the income-driven payment replans, right? Payment repayment plans. So if after you know, being delinquent for 90 days, finally decide uh, for nine nine months, you decide, oh, you know, I think I'll do the save plan. No, you can't do it. Or I think I'll jump into one of these IDRs. You can't do it. Okay. You won't be able to f- apply for any more financial aid, which that's probably the only silver lining here is you can't go further into debt by applying for more student loans if you go this far down the road, which is good. Um, but here's, here's the kicker. It's the federal government and uh, they can reach their old Winnie the Pooh paw into your honey jar called your bank account and they can garnish your wages. Uh, they can take your social security. They can take your tax refund. And they many, can take your passport. Many people say, no, they can't. No, they can't. How, how would they get it? Remember when um, I think it was both the Trump administration and the Biden administration wrote checks for COVID mm-hmm. and they magically appeared in our checking accounts, yeah. direct deposit. That means it can come out also. Now this mm-hmm. is talking about garnishing it from your check that your check's just going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars lighter yeah but i think there's a step past that y'all they have proven in the last few years they have the technology to just put stuff in your account which means they can just take Take it it out yeah when you wake up and you're like wait a second i'm supposed to have three thousand dollars why do i only have 200 or zero and you're looking like will smith in the pursuit of happiness the problem is they just went into your account and they took your money because you owed it and you decided not to pay. And so this can get very seriously very quickly. And I hear I hear uh, naysayers in the background, John. Sometimes I can hear the peanut gallery, you know, throwing peanuts at me even here on the on the air. And I hear somebody going, but Jade, I'm doing the 12-month tw- the on-ramp. I don't have to pay it. I'm doing the 12-month on-ramp. And what that is, is... In a stroke of genius, Biden has said, hey, for 12 months, if you're not ready to pay, you don't have to pay. And we won't report it to the credit card companies. We won't uh, count you as delinquent. And a lot of people are thinking, hip, hip, hooray, that's great. But what will happen is you're still going to be charged interest. And so your balance is going to continue to go up. Guys, you can run, but you can't hide. When you sign your your name on the dotted line, you owe the money. And there is nobody coming to save you. Not when the student loan industry is making up 45% of U.S. assets. They ain't going anywhere. You're going to have to pay the debt. And we want to help you pay the debt. We're not saying this to get on to you. We want to help you. There is a way out. That's all I got to say. There's a way out. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. What is going on, everybody? You are listening to The Ramsey Show. My name is Jade Warshaw. I'm your host today, joined by your other host today, Dr. John Deloney. Um, I'm here to talk about the money stuff. John is here to talk about the mental 
health and wellness stuff, but he knows the money stuff too. Let's be honest about that, John. That's right. And if you want to talk about both money and your relationship, our first ever money and marriage getaway. How's that for a uh, roll into a commercial? <laughs> James, does James approve? October 19th through 21st, money and marriage getaway, our first ever marriage retreat. You and your spouse will be equipped with tools to cast a vision for your family, set goals, and create a life you both love. You're going to have undistracted time to disconnect from everyday life, reconnect with your spouse. We're going to be talking about money, intimacy and sex, communication, boundaries, all of it. Mm-hmm. Tickets are 799 bucks for this multi-day event. There's going to be a party. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be a blast. If you're out of debt and you got room in the budget, we want to see you. RamseySolutions.com slash events. There's just a few tables left. Make it a weekend. Get away and come see us. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about that. I'll be there, too. Myself and George Campbell will be there. Yeah, you're speaking of that, too. That's going to be fantastic. Speaking is a fluid term, John. I'm going to be doing a thing. Oh, a thing? (laughs) You'll have to show up to see what it is. But it's musical. You know it's going to be a good weekend when they're hiding stuff from... Yeah. It's it's awesome. I can't wait. It's good. Cool. All right. Let's go to the phone lines, John. We got Molly in Hartford. Connect, I cut. What's going on, Molly? Hey, guys. Excited to be talking to you. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Good to hear from you. What can we do to help? Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of organize my thoughts with you guys. Um, My fiance and I um, have been uh, really tuned in to you guys. I started, I don't know, I probably came up up, up with an Instagram video and um, things just really started to click. I've been listening to you guys every day and we're just really on board and excited about getting our debt paid off. So, um, I have about $128,000, uh, in student loans. I have a master's degree, clinical social worker. My fiance has about 15,000. Um, it's car, credit card, and personal loans. Um, we have a combined income of, uh, $157,000. Um, $157, So I just wanted to get our ducks in a row and start to tackle this because we want to buy a house and Mm. that's not happening with all this debt. So when are you guys getting married? We're getting married May of next year. May of next year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I missed that last part. Can you say it again? Speak directly into your phone. Yep. Yep. May 2024. Okay, sweet. Um, I'll hop in and tackle the first part. Um, Molly. So, I'm telling you this not to put bad vibes out in the air, but only because we, what we do for a living, we hear the other side of the story so, so often, okay? Mm-hmm. Until y'all get married. Oh, yeah. I would have oh, his yeah. debt nope, and I would have your debt. Anything. Yes. Yep. Um, because yeah, you don't we're want... we very aligned in that. Good. You don't, want, you don't want to start working on your debt, something side, goes sideways. Heaven forbid it goes sideways, but it goes sideways. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now you're in a legal mess. There's not, there's not as much legal protection as... Um, if you get married, there's there's ways to untangle things, as, as awful as that is to think about. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's got a path out, whereas when you break up, it's just a mess. Um, okay, go ahead. So I want to make sure I understood you clearly about the debt. You've got 128000 in student loans. I thought I heard you say your fiancé has 15000 in student loans, but then you listed out cars and personal loans as well? Yeah, I don't know if I said that wrong. Sorry. So he no. just has the 15000 and uh-huh. that's car, credit cards, and personal. He okay. does not have any student. I'm the only one with student loans. Okay, so you guys are about like 143000 in debt, and you'll be making 157000 So to John's point, I agree, you're keeping it separate. And 
the plan is this until you both get married you're both working the baby steps as individuals and Mm -hmm. more than that yeah you're doing that but the conversations that are having that you're having during this time are really going to set you up um those expectations of what you expect the accountability levels all of those things are good to start having those conversations now so you can kind of start to see what each other's identity is as it relates to money because you might hear dave uh talk about you know the nerd and the free spirit and things like that and there's a lot of that nuance um when you come into a new relationship i can tell you when my husband and i got married i don't i didn't like a lot of um I didn't like anybody telling me how to spend. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't like that. And mm-hmm. it made me feel trapped or it made me feel like, I don't know, like I was getting in trouble, you know, when somebody says, hey, you know, make sure you check the account before you spend. So understanding those nuances between each other, having those conversations starting today really is going to help you going in um, explaining, hey, if you're going to ask me, if we're going to talk about money, you know, here, here are the tones that trigger me and here's why. Like just talking about that as much as possible um, going in is going to be super helpful kind of understanding each other's background as it relates to money and why you think about it the way you think about matters so so much so I don't know have you had conversations like that at all oh yeah yeah so when I started this I kind of brought it to his attention like hey I've been listening to this guy Dave Ramsey and I just feel like I woke up like and I my head came out of the sand and I'm like holy shit like I've been um, you know, with the student loans, not paying anything, but yeah. you can't go back in time. Right. Like it is what it is. Right. Um, I, um, on Friday had an interview for private practice. I'm going to be doing a part-time job, utilizing my degree and making some extra money and all of that is going to get thrown at the loan every month. So uh-huh. I'm excited. I'm yeah. motivated. What do you make? Every, um, what do you make yeah. every month through as a clinical social worker? So, my, um, what is it? It's 60, 67 a year. Golly. Are, are you, full, yeah. have you finished your licensure yet? I'm not fully licensed. I'm LMSW, okay. so uh, licensed master. Okay. And I have all my hours completed and everything. I just need to take the test. Okay. Um, I lost my mom a year and a half ago mm. to brain cancer. So oh, there's just right. been a lot yeah. going on. Um, so trying to just get back into the swing of things um, and just, yeah, feeling you guys definitely motivated me, and uh, we're excited. I uh, want to jump to my next question. Let, let me let me tell you one, let me tell you one thing real quick. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm seeing um, across the country right now, because you're not alone in being a mental health practitioner and graduating with a whole whole lot of student loans. That if you mm-hmm. look at the actual cost, uh, I mean the actual ROI on that, it's it's not great. Um, no. I would consider strongly looking outside your traditional scope of practice. What does that mean? Possibly getting a job as the head of residence life at a um, local university, looking at other positions that are going to pay significantly more money um, for the skill set of a social worker. I can think of very few jobs outside of precision technical stuff that would not benefit from having the training you went through as a social worker. It would be an amazing addition to any number of businesses as a project manager, as any number of things. But I want you to consider working outside your field, especially while you're paying all this debt off. I don't want you making $67,000 trying to dig out of a $130,000 hole because what's going to happen is in two or three years, you're going to resent your clients Mm. and you're going to resent 
the fact that mm. you got this job, you're going to go to work every day frustrated and be down. And I don't want that for any of y'all in that ecosystem. Okay. So do what you can to get out of this thing as quickly as possible. Yeah. yeah. Second that notion. Yeah. So you said you had a second question. Yeah. I just, so we've been, like I said, diving in, understanding all this. And I just want to wrap my head around the concept, the no credit card concept and, yeah. and having credit. So my fiance and I, we ha- are renting right now, but when we think about buying in the future, if you're not utilizing the credit card, once we're out of debt, how yeah. do you buy a house without having credit? Absolutely. How, what does that look like? Yeah, that's such a good question. And we get it all the time. I mean, it's a great question. You don't need credit if you're going to do manual underwriting, which we have Churchill Mortgage to help you with that. Um, it's, it's a mortgage company that looks at your actual money and how you're managing your actual money. It works a lot like a normal mortgage process. It's just more detailed. And at the end of the day, you're going to actually get a house that you can afford. They're not going to loan you more money than what you can actually handle. So uh, stay on the line and uh, Austin will pick up and give you more information about that. But yeah, America, it turns out you don't need a credit score, not even to buy a house. This is The Ramsey Show. You are listening to The Ramsey Show. My name is Jade Warshaw. I am your host, uh, but not the only host. Next to me is Dr. John Deloney, and we will be taking your calls. We'll chop it up with you. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. Anything you want to talk about, uh, your life, your money. Real quickly, um, we had a call earlier where the lady was talking about, John, uh, credit. And is it really possible to exist in the world without a credit score? Is it really possible Um, to buy a home without a credit score. And I kind of wanted to take a moment because I know people have that question. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I'm paying off all my debt. I've said no more to debt. And the reality is when you start walking through baby step two, which is paying off all of your debt except the mortgage, when you start walking through that process, you most likely will start to see your credit score go down. Um, And it goes down before it goes to zero or indeterminable. And as that happens, you do kind of have this moment of, oh crap, like I'm in it now and I'm I have to fully commit to this because you see that avalanche happen and you're like, oh wait a minute. Everything that society told you to work for, like this, you know, 800 credit score and you see it start to go down and it, and it does do something to you psychologically and then you go, oh wait, I don't need it anyway. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah, it, I, it was a light bulb moment for me. Dave and I were having a conversation off air one time and I realized, oh, wait a minute, Dave, if you just gave me a million dollars in cash, that would not affect my credit score. Has no. nothing to do with how much money I am, how wealthy I am, how well I'm doing. It has to do with my dating relationship to a woman named Debt. Yeah. That's it. How, That's much, it. how much of it you use, how much debt you use, how much debt you have, uh, how long you've had your debt... How many lines of debt? Like it's debt, 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 debt. That's it. So think of it this way. What if, um, I don't know, get, what, what's one of the apps that like the swipe right la- apps? Tinder. Let's say Tinder. Tinder has a dateability score and the whole country is obsessed with making sure you have a great dateability score and then you get married. 
And they're like, well, if you don't keep logging in here, your dateability score is going to go down. And you're if, like, what do I care? I, I don't care. I'm married. Like, I've committed to this person. Very similar thing. Oh, that's such a good analogy. Like, if, it, it, like the debt people are like, if you if you don't keep borrowing from us, we're going mm-hmm. to take your number down and we're going to give you a zero. Mm-hmm. We all remember getting in trouble when we got zeros. Mm-hmm. So we don't want a zero. It's like, I just, I'm just, I'm just out of this game. Yeah. I'm not playing this game with y'all anymore. And the bank wants your money. The mortgage mm-hmm. company wants your money. And so they're going to ask for a couple more pieces of paper and a couple more bills. And yep. they're going to go, oh, you're super doing great. Yeah. You're actually responsible. Come on in. And, and, and I love that you framed it up like that because at the end of the day, this whole game is set up on the idea that you can't make it on your own. You're too stupid. You're too broke. You're too poor. You can't make it on your own. You need us. And so we're going to score you based on only us, (laughs) which is crazy. And so the the young lady who called in, she was like, you know, we're we're doing this plan. You know, we're committed. But what happens when it's time to buy a house? And I was telling her, yeah. So when the time comes, your credit score goes to zero. And if you want to buy a house, you 100% can. I'm telling you that because I did it. I know, John, you did it. I bought a house. George just bought one. George did it. With zero credit score of zero. My score wasn't zero, but his was zero. And Yeah, mine was zero. Took took some extra paper. Yeah. And and again, sometimes I hear the peanut gallery. They're like, well, of course you guys did. You work for Ramsey. I'm sure you just went in there and they did it for you. No, I did it before I worked for Ramsey. So normal people can just go in there. And you get a manually, it's a manual underwriting. Manual means you do the work. Like there's no automation there, right? So it means they get all of your paperwork. They want to actually see your, if you have a small business, they want to see your tax returns. They want to see your pay stubs. They want to see what you're earning. They want to see if you've been earning that for a while. They want to see all of your actual numbers and actual money, not just relationship to debt. And then they're going to say, okay, based on this, you know, here's the mortgage that you qualify for. And for me, John, I think that's, I have way more, um, that makes me feel way better than a rocket mortgage that you can do during halftime at the football game and just type in your stuff. Oh, I got approved. They don't know. They don't know what money you don't have. Why would I ever want to get approved for a rocket mortgage? They'll loan you as much. I mean, a monkey could do that. Yeah. Like anybody could just go, well, you put your name and your social security number approved. Like basically that's all it is. Your credit, see what you owe. Yeah. But with, yeah. yeah, with no credit, it's absolutely possible. Not only is it, I almost hate to say the word possible because that makes people think that there's part of it that might not be possible. It's normal. Like it's not just possible. It's it is what it is. Like it's normal. It's an everyday thing. You can just go and do it. The problem is nobody talks about it. We're probably the only people out there talking about getting a zero credit score mortgage with manual underwriting, but it does exist. Matter of fact, Churchill Mortgage is one of the companies that we use uh, for that and that we're always going to put towards you. And I love Churchill Mortgage. They've been amazing. We've bought two houses through them. And that's the way this thing works, guys. When you commit to the process, this is how it works. You're committing. It's like it's like John said, you're married. I'm, I'm, I'm opting out of the game. Just and opt out. I always want to go back to Solve for Freedom. I'm not going to let some third-party company or three three-party companies mm-hmm. tell me my worthiness. Yeah. I'm not going to cash out my integrity and cash out my autonomy to people I don't know saying, well, we've run the numbers. You're a 640. <laughs> I'm just not going to play the game. I'm not going to yeah. play the game. And by yeah. the way, it took me and my wife a decade. It yeah. took a long time. To, to scratch and claw and fall down and fail and take out another stupid loan and have mm. to get back on the way. took a long time. It's not like, oh, it must be nice. No, 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 no. Like, we got a lot of blood in the street on this one. Mm-hmm. 
But man. And but usually man. when you, and, and for those listening, usually when you pay off that last debt, like you owe nobody anything else, it usually takes about a year or yeah, about 12 months to see your credit score go down to absolute zero. Mm-hmm. If you completely stop borrowing money. And here's the thing, if you dilly dally with this and you're like, oh, I'm going to keep that one credit card open, it's never going to go to zero. You're just going to have a bad credit score. And then when you try to go buy a house, you're going to run into problems because it's got to be good or it's got to be zero. It can't be, yeah, but I'm going to keep this credit card open and then you're going to end up with a four, you know, 420 <laughs> credit score and you're not going to be able to get anything. So it's all or nothing on this. And John, just to keep it, just to keep it 100% real, like let's, let's shoot people straight on this. What's the, what have you run into in real life having a no credit? Like what, have you run into any difficulties? Have you ever come up on a, a time where it's like, oh, these people are jacking me because I don't have credit. Like, have you ever had anything that it's like, ugh? The only thing that's ever happened to me is I one time, and I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. I went to um, rent a car. Yeah. And they were annoying about it. And I literally walked away from that counter and I walked into another room and said, will you guys take my money? I have an ATM card and they were, or debit card. And they're like, started laughing and within four minutes I had a car and they're yeah. like, see you later. Yeah. And so that's the one time, the one time. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I remember one time I did get charged. I, it was a rental car and they gave me issues. And I think in the end they ended up almost doing like a, like a deposit times two to hold it. Gotcha. And it's like, okay, yeah. So whatever, I have the money. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that when you do go to zero credit score, no credit cards, that's probably the extent of it. You know, maybe when you go to buy an apartment, because a lot of times they want to check your credit for an apartment. Well, I bought some, I bought, you know what? I bought some kayaks this summer for me and my family, and I had to call my bank and let them know I'm yeah. about to make a big swipe on this debit card, mm-hmm. just so you all know. And um, they're like, great. But I mean, it, it was a phone call. I mean, exactly. Grief. Look, when we went to buy our, ca- our car in cash, they gave me a little bit of a hassle because, you know, they get they get a kickback on the financing. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point where they were like, you could just finance a thousand of it even you know, and pay it off. And I was like, no. And then when I finally wrote them the check, they, you know, it was like, they're just running around. Like, we don't know what to do with this check. Can we cash it? We have to call your bank. Like they made it the most, they made it seem like the most difficult process ever Mm. all in an, in an attempt to make me change my mind. So a lot of it's just hoopla because there's money on the other side of financing. There's money on the other side of debt and they want that. But the key is don't be swayed by that. When you walk in, you know, the power of money, there's power in cold, hard cash. And if, when and you if, just hey, slide you it on if over there. If a company doesn't want to take my cash, then that's great. Uh, you'll have a great week. I'm going to go do business somewhere else. That's fine. I know. That's right. I'm, gonna go, I'm not going to lose a second of sleep over it. I'm going to move on, right. man. Life's so, too short. It turns out that you can exist in the world today with actual money. Who knew? That does it for this hour of The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.